start up with Billy, your weekly conversations that leave you refreshed, encouraged, and challenged to be the best version of yourself. It's such a thrill to be able to share this week's episode with you. Stay tuned and let's get started up. There's a story in the Bible that is magnificent. It shows how God can turn things around and he can turn any situation, even the most dire ones. This is a story of how he rescued the Israelites from slavery. Um, This is a story I especially love because mainly looking at how the Israelites just journeyed the whole, you know, exodus, (laughs) there's so many relatable things. There's a great reflection of the human character um, and how we are and I also love it secondly because there's so many lessons to learn from from this story but let me give you guys some context so from the Old Testament we see Jews as slaves in Egypt under the rule of Pharaoh or Pharaoh depending on where you went to school (laughs) so these Jews were they actually are the group of people we're referring to as, as Israelites and they had become slaves guys not for a few years but for generations and generations and generations they had become so many at this point that pharaoh began to fear the possibility of them outnumbering the egyptians and so really because of how many they had become you know they could easily organize themselves and take over like the governance structures right It, it was possible so pharaoh came up with this strategy of you know making this group of people slaves so that they don't take over anything, right? So imagine with me how it could have been back then um, as a slave. must have been back-breaking. Did you see what I did there? (laughs) Anyway, I mean, because I I, I visualize a lot of things, and I can imagine an Egyptian overseer, overseer like on top of a tower supervising this tired, barefooted, thirsty people lifting heavy blocks of stone, some with hammers on their hands, like very heavy hammers, pounding on hard surfaces, uh, some making, you know, bricks with clay and straw, uh, making these treasure cities for Pharaoh, the leader. I don't know, can you see that in your mind? <laughs> now that there's, it's, it's not like there's a great time to be a slave, but it must have been especially hard being a slave in those times, I mean, there's no machinery, no complex tools like we have these days. It's basically your hands and your feet doing all. My mom and I, we like watching these interior design shows and I feel like we are kind of visualizing ourselves as these incredible designers. (laughs) But these shows usually feature people renovating their houses themselves and cutting out some amazing DIY projects. I mean... Other than the fact that they actually know what they're doing, they have an incredible advantage and it's that they have some amazing tools at their disposal. So while you are trying to nail a a nail, you know, with a hammer through some thick plank of wood, a guy somewhere has already drilled it in and within a fraction of a second, he's done. (laughs) I mean, thank God for tools. So these Israelites didn't have that. But you see, Pharaoh ordered a terrible punishment that all the firstborn male babies of the Israelites to be killed. So Pharaoh gave orders to the midwives and, you know, basically he said to them that every son that is born, you shall throw in the river. I mean, how evil is that? 
I'm a mom and my brain actually refuses to visualize this because this is such an evil thing to, to declare, right? So anyway, basically thinking about it, Pharaoh just had some serious insecurities and he was acting upon them. So fast forward, God speaks to Moses again in a movie-like scene where he appears to him in a burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame but the bush that was burning was not consumed <laughs> so Moses was amazed understandably um, so here God had Moses's undivided attention and it's at this point that God tells Moses his plan to liberate his people the Israelites this is what God says in Exodus 3 verse 7 to 10 he says that I have suddenly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and let them and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Then God goes ahead and actually describes this fat and spacious land and he describes the kind of people living there so he says it's a land flowing with milk and honey uh, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites now live look the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them now go for I am sending you to Pharaoh you must lead my people out of Egypt what an amazing encounter Moses had with God right here. This is a compelling story. This is God showing up for his people. As I thought about this passage and as I read and reread it, I actually saw afresh how God is personal. He's, he's very personal. So as I read this, some words jump out to me. And God says to Moses, I have seen. God says, you guys, he has seen you. God can see you. I don't know how, I don't know what kind of emotion this statement evokes. And I also don't know if you've ever paused to think of this. Like I said, I'm a mom and I hear kids saying this all the time. Hey, God is seeing you. And mostly it's a subtle threat. This phrase will be used by kids and even honestly by parents to their own kids when they see their children doing something wrong, isn't it? In fact, if you're a parent and this is how you use this phrase, maybe you should consider changing, changing it. And this is why. How God sees you isn't like an army boss looking at you, waiting for you to mess up so he can come and yell in your face and remind you how much of a failure you are. God sees you with so much love. He's lovingly seeing you. In fact, the Bible says that we are the apple of God's eye. The truth is that God loves you so much. And that's how he sees you. As his loved, as his beloved child. Not only did God see, but he also heard the cry of his people. How amazing that he says he's aware of their suffering. Almost to mean that he is not only, not only has he seen and heard, but he knows he has their suffering in mind and their cry. Really, what he's saying is that his people are on his mind, so to speak. 
and because you and I are his people, I believe he's also very aware of where you are and of where I am. Guys, get this. It doesn't end there. As a result of what he has seen and heard and understood, God actually moves. He says, I have come down to rescue them. I mean, what? <laughs> so we actually that important to God that he can come and rescue us himself. I love this final part though, and I need you to hear this. He said that he will lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. For me, this is a great reminder. Coming from 2020 and how rough that year was, I needed this reminder and I actually had to share it with you. You see, God sees you, whoever you are, God loves you. He is concerned about you, about your life and your well-being. He wants the best for you. That's just the truth. And because of how much he loves you, he wants to lead you. When you allow someone to lead you, really what you're doing is that you're trusting them. And I dare say you're trusting them with your life. And this is what God wants you to do this year. He wants you to allow him to lead you. But here's a catch. We might not know how that looks like. We might not get a description like the way Moses got a description for a land flowing milk and honey, like the passage we read. But that's all in trust. I came to the realization that I had led my life for a long time thinking that I'm actually letting God lead me. And I am still learning how to let him lead me on a daily basis. And because I know he has good plans for me, I am willing to step back and let him take the lead. And you know what? It's going great. <laughs> and I want you to try this. I want you to begin asking God to show you how to trust him and how to trust his leading. If you don't know where to start, contact me and we can figure it out together. My email address is startupwithbilly at gmail.com. That's really just the name of the podcast, then add at gmail.com. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you have decided to do or to change so that you can put yourself in a position where God is actually leading you. The great thing about letting him lead <laughs> is that he knows the end from the beginning. And so you're in safe hands. Tune in next week for more conversations that leave you refreshed, encouraged, and challenged to be the best version of yourselves. Have a great week, everybody. I love you.